Hi, I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Zach Luna. This year, Spider-Man finally joins the Marvel Cinematic Universe in Spider-Man Homecoming. But 15 years ago, the friendly neighborhood webhead hit the big screen for the first time ever. Introducing Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze and celebrate the Spider-Man movies one minute at a time. Starting with Sam Raimi's web-slinging debut, we discuss everything from genetically engineered super spiders to wall-crawling heroics. Join us as we navigate the great power and great responsibility behind every single minute of Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Spider-Man Minute, available at DuelingGenre.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Dueling Genre Welcome back to the Cornetto Minute, the daily podcast where we review and reanimate the Zom Rom-Com Shaun of the Dead one minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Jimenez. And joining us, we have my co-host from Spider-Man Minute, Zach Luna. Hello, Welcome. everyone. Thank you for having me. Um, that, guys, that's a hell of an intro you got. It's so well worded. Like, it's, <laughs> it's really, you know, it's almost like that's you better got two when... writers working on it or something. I don't know. It's better when he says it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, Nick always tries to do it from memory and then chickens out and then opens the script. <laughs> he, right. He'll go, he'll be like, welcome back to the Cornetto Minute, the daily podcast where we nope and then go. I remember back when I was doing theater regularly back in school, mm. um, I would always be so, especially as I got when I was the senior in a in a in a cast of like freshmen, yeah, I I I remember people kind of like, oh, I'm gonna be off book like by the second week, and I'm like, why? There's an off book day. Yeah, like, I, I I was very comfortable keeping the script in my hand, and then when it was off book day, just being like, yep, but like, yep. <laughs> that, like I am in no rush to lose my my security blanket. Oh, oh God, no, me neither. Why? I, I love you know? I love this writing notes down on the scripts that like, that, yeah, just the, there's something tactile about like whether or not I need to make the note. I like physically having the document recording it all there. And it's like, just like, no, it's nobody's impressed. Just like, you know, just. <laughs> yeah. Who are you trying to impress? Like, oh, you have all your right. lines memorized. The audience is really going to fucking lose their shit when you have all your lines memorized. <laughs> Isn't that isn't that like uh, isn't that like the number one compliment that people who don't like your play say? It's like, wow, I can't believe you memorized all those lines. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or they told um, you the lighting was good. That's the, yeah, yeah. I shouldn't I I shouldn't give this the way on air, but uh, you know, you again in college, you do just see a lot of plays that like your friends do or like that your friends are in, and you know, oh sure. Sometimes you know they're not not that great, and I I think my go to was like, wow, you guys. It really looked like you guys were just really like giving it your all. Like just like wow, you guys were, <laughs> what what effort? I mean like <laughs> just 
Oh, Praise man. The man, look, look, yeah. man. Look at you guys are really up there doing it. <sighs> well, speaking yeah. of uh, getting up there and doing it. Oh, uh, beautiful. <laughs> today, we are taking a bite out of Minute 63, which begins with our, our group of heroes and heroines staggering toward the Winchester and uh, yes. ends with Sean going off on Ed. Yeah. Going off. Yeah, going he really off. lays into him. It's great. Look at me. It's- <laughs> About to set it off in this bitch, Jada Pinkett. It is maybe my favorite, uh, like, <laughs> gag in this minute. It's just the the level to which he is so focused at uh, just tearing him a new one. Uh-huh. It's, it's a gag. It'll pay off even more in tomorrow, but it's one of those gags that, like, is funny when it starts, and it continues to be funnier as it goes on. Um, well, it, well, it's, it, it's, it's that, it's sort of, um, there, there's this, uh, this animation technique where... Hmm. You need to give boring exposition, right? right. For for reasons, like you need <laughs> to have a news story or something, like something yeah. you in order to get across the in, narrative information that you have to know to continue watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they'll they'll do it, and they'll have that in the foreground, and then they'll do something really funny. In happening in the background, yes, yeah. So that so that even though the boring thing is happening in the in the foreground, you're still entertained because of what's happening in the yeah. background. Yeah, and it's like hiding that, the vegetables in a I don't know tasty dish or something. Yeah, or, right, right, Pixar, right. It's and like that, a magic trick at this point. They just have it down so much of like mm-hmm. here's this new world, here are the rules. That technique is sort of like playing out here because yeah. you know, like you don't really want to see Sean yell at Ed. I mean, you kind of do because no. he's because yeah. he's kind of a dick, but also like you love them as friends and you don't want to see them, you know, be upset with each other. You don't want to see Sean yell at him uh, yeah. because you love them as friends. And so like to take to sort of like take the piss out of the scene, this like kind of dramatic scene, they, you know, use it as an excuse to like get the zombies attention so that you're like, Oh <laughs> shit. Like you're, you know, so that you're like, you know that he's yelling at Ed, but you're also like, not you're, 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 you're distracted by the fact that like, Oh, they're also grabbing the zombies attention, you know? Right. It reminds me a little bit of like a more elegant way of doing the thing that like the Zeppo does on Buffy where like they have mm. a scene of like Buffy and Angel arguing and they're like, hey, let's lampshade the like super melodramatic like Bangel speak that these two have when they're like, oh, I love you or whatever. And so that we can like cut to Xander joking about it. But this scene is like we have to have this big emotional thing that if played straight might feel a little melodramatic or might feel a bit dry. We'll do it total justice. But we'll also add a uh, the fun thing into it, where it's not just, hey, we're making fun of the straight drama that's here. It's like, no, we're actually committing to it and at the same time doing the raising of the danger, a Hitchcockian a bomb under the table type of thing. Like, it's it's right. very, very well done. Um, plus, the beginning, we get the rest of them uh, goofing around acting like zombies, which is just the best. Yeah, the it, it's great when... It, it's so human, but like as they get closer to the door, the they get just lo- they just start moving quicker. They're almost like speed running, <laughs> uh huh, <laughs> and are just not concerned with zombie form anymore. That actually that reminds me of um when you're when you're and I, I don't know maybe this is just me I don't know but mm. like when you're alone in your house 
and you irrationally get like freaked out that there's like oh, a yeah. ghost oh, or a yes. murderer or something. And you're mm-hmm, like, if I mm-hmm. just like you went out into the dark hallway to go to the bathroom and then you come out of the bathroom and then you're suddenly just like kind of freaked out and you just run to your room and shut the door. Oh, totally. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like running I, to a I'll, light switch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what this reminds me of. Or like coming up from a basement and like the last half of the staircase you're just sprinting and or going on all fours like i gotta get out of here yeah it makes no yeah. sense but like you're yeah because uh, the lights were just on end. and you saw that nothing's there but as soon as the <laughs> lights are out you're like well anything could be down there now yeah oh. it's a very human very irrational behavior but here it's a totally rational one which right is, i think why it's fun yeah um i just i really like scenes where uh it's it's scenes of actors acting like where the characters aren't good at acting but they also the actors themselves have to act it I, there's something so fun to me about like you have to pitch your performance to a different level it's it's a it's a tricky little balance like you have your one main performance which you're hoping to do as well as you possibly can letting it bleed through a second performance that is for the sake of the scene not as as good i don't know it's like it's one of those things that if you pull it off well you don't even notice it and it's really seamless and this the story slips through but if like you actually sit down and look at it like beat to beat it's like damn that's a tall order and they're all great at it everyone in this scene is it's oh just, yeah they're so funny uh, i don't know yeah um, no i mean that we, we were talking uh with with uh naomi mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. about just like you know the the sort of uh acting lesson that diana that diane <laughs> Um, and we were talking about like, as she goes across each character to be like, okay, now you act like a zombie and you are, you are just, they're entirely playing their zombie in character. Um, and it's, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's kind of magnificent, uh, to be honest. Um, also, uh, Nick, something that we've been sort of following along with, uh, Sean, very ginger in this scene. (laughs) Yeah, it's. It really is kind of impressive when you when you break it down minute by minute just how much Sean's hair changes from scene to scene. Yeah. It's it's blonde in some scenes and then ginger in other scenes and Yeah, and we just got out of a really blonde period. Yeah. Um I and, would and never it's, have noticed that. Yeah, well, and it's and it's it's really interesting the 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 blonde ginger thing is really <laughs> because if you look at all of the merchandise for Shaun of the Dead that's out there, yeah, um, it's completely dependent on whatever the product is, whoever the artist was, just in their mind's eye decides that Sean is either blonde or ginger. <laughs> because like I have a pop figure where he's ginger, and then I have yeah. a vinyl idol where he's like just you know like hot blonde, like just yeah. the yellowest blonde, you know? Do you think some of that is like their mental, like after image from space bleeding over into it a little like, Oh yeah. He's that blonde guy from space. Right. Yeah. He's that uh, guy. Maybe, uh, maybe, or, or like maybe that. a little Nicholas angel. Cause Nicholas angels. Yeah. Definitely blonde. Definitely blonde. Yeah. Or um, even it might even be more pronounced in the scene just cause he's around so many other blonde people. I, I like this whole section is possible. one of the few times that there's like, uh, what are their names? Uh, Liz and uh, Diane, yeah, yeah, Diane are there too. Um, so he, I don't know if whether it was like on the day, like the uh, during production they dyed his hair and then like as he washed it over time it became blonder. Uh, so mm. like maybe the blonder scenes happened later in the shooting schedule than the 
redder ones or something, or maybe it's light True. dependent. I don't know. Very strange. I never it could also be because they shot all the exteriors first. So like maybe mm. it's something like, you know, you spend four weeks shooting outside and his yeah. ginger hair just kind of like bleached out so that by the time sure. you do the interiors, it's more blonde looking. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe know. like, I don't know, maybe more of his roots grow out too. So like overall it looks more. Oh yeah. True. Blondish. True. I don't know. Um, I just remember like, but, but, but his facial hair is, it has always oh, been yeah. sort of gingery. So I think his natural hair color is like kind of gingery. Yeah. Um, maybe it was literally just the amount of sun exposure. I don't know. What a strange, know. unique thing to notice and focus yeah. on. I'm intrigued. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to track it in every single episode of this podcast. And chart. <laughs> I'll make, you know, yarn on this, on the wall and strings and everything um, with pictures and Screen, one, one side of your of your apartment is just like the color red and the other side yes. is like the color yellow. <laughs> I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Um, <laughs> I don't know. There, so uh, I, I did want to ask you, um, hmm. Zach, about, uh, you know, you you are, I, I think, one of my only friends who has done um, extra work. And so oh, sure. yeah. I'm curious what, what life in central casting is like. Like, what do you what do you think this is like? What is a day like this for, for all of these extras here? Okay, a day like this, uh, this is a very, like, makeup and dress dependent day. So I'm I'm sure they get there at, like, the, the crack of dawn. Basically, you'll... You would have gotten the um, the booking like the previous day from either your calling service or by uh, calling into whatever the uh, casting agency that does the um, extra stuff for this is, and they would have been like, "Yeah, you look fine. Show up on set at this time tomorrow." Um, so you you would have brought like a group of your clothes that you were okay with getting dirty, or um, they would have provided things, and you show up, and the first thing you do is like be in a big group of people, like herded around like cattle, <laughs> waiting to get like signed in by uh, probably a second AD who then would send you to wardrobe and makeup. And I, I have to assume with all of these guys, the amount of like blood and special contacts and things like this, that they were there hours before the main cast arrived. And uh, it's usually just they have like a little tent set up that you would have been stuck in. So yeah, I, this day would probably be a like crack of dawn arrival. You get signed in, you maybe eat some breakfast that they have for you and like a um, type of what do you call it? Uh, buffet style uh, setup. And then you would sit around waiting for ages for each person to be individually uh, okayed by wardrobe. And then everybody would have to line up and individually get uh, like picked and chosen by hair and makeup as to who would be what level of gross. And then you would have to wait for <laughs> like maybe five people at a time to go in and get the makeup done so that by the time you actually see cameras rolling, you've been there. I gotta say, like at least three or four hours. Um, long day, yeah, fun day. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> how was the phrase. It. It's a weird, weird thing. I haven't done um, like a zombie type thing because really the only show that does that is The Walking Dead, which shoots in Atlanta. But I have done like for Castle. I did a uh, a Comic Con scene where they wanted to put us all in makeup and uh, crazy costumes for a Ooh. fake convention. So it was very much like this. Like we showed up, I think about four in the morning for that day and then we sh started shooting around like 9 a.m uh so yeah it's a lot i <laughs> think um it, the thing they always bring up with like uh big mass crowd things like this on uh, like the romero documentaries and things like that is you have to be careful in coaching people's movement because we're like 
herd creatures and especially when there's more than like five extras on set it becomes less like talking to individual actors and more like trying to wrangle the um the huge massive you know crowd brain you know like a Mm -hmm. like a hive mind so (laughs) if you don't pull out enough people and give them separate instructions everybody will just imitate each other and so you'll get like everybody stumbles on their left leg or like everybody is like tilting their head in the same direction and it won't look like a mass of zombies it'll look like a bunch of people i don't know trying to be in a synchronized dance or something it's weird right um yeah (laughs) that's interesting uh that that would just naturally happen that's really huh yeah i think people just like if you if you don't have enough specifics you just kind of like oh everybody else is doing this i'll just do that maybe you're not even conscious of it at the time but yeah it's a thing that i see happen all the time and i think that's why they, if you have like a really good AD and second AD, they'll try to um, group people out. A lot of times it'll be like, okay, everybody whose birthday is between like January and March, come over here. You're going to do this in the scene. Everybody whose like birthday is between March and whatever that you like come up with arbitrary reasons. Some sort of randomization. Right. Yeah. So that people have a thing to leech onto. Because if you just say like, everybody do a little something different, nobody will do a little something different. (laughs) Right. force people into specificity or it just gets uh goofy and weird but yeah this i'm sure everybody had a lot of fun on this one um because being a scary scary zombie is a lot more active than you normally are like you're normally just you you don't want to draw attention to yourself as an extra like your job is to just be a piece of um yeah like yeah yeah, the audience is supposed to be focusing on barry and iris not not you (laughs) (laughs) but those are those are some of the best uh, like the the best things to notice in a movie, and I mean they're bad things. You're not <laughs> supposed to notice them, but like right, when yeah. an extra is just going a little above and beyond, a little too. Well, hard. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so many great memes. Like, I mean that that guy in the Dark Knight Rises. It's just like it's flipping to nothing, <laughs> right? Uh, there's that guy in Quantum of Solace that's sweeping the air. Yes, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which I'm I'm almost 100 percent positive that was because. They did a take, and then um, the the first AD or the second ran up and said, like, hey, sound can't have you actually making noise with that broom, so just fake it. And they're like, okay, it's not in frame, right? Yeah, it's not in frame. And then they were 100% in frame. They're right. like, I'm going to keep on sweeping, but I can't make noise. My version for that, which I've said on other podcasts, is I, I always get cast as, like, um, computer hackery type dudes. Like, oh, in our cyber crimes division on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, here are cyber people, and I'm there typing away at a computer and computers make noise. So you have to fake type all the time because, Oh wow. Yeah. It's really dumb. Uh, but you have to like, imagine there's a keyboard above your keyboard and just like really lightly pounce off of it. And <laughs> it's the dumbest thing in practice, but you always check like, okay, the monitor is in the way, right? Like you can't see that I'm actually not pressing the keys. Okay, good. Great. Mm-hmm. Love it. Um, really <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, so yeah, these uh I I mean, we we talked about it and and I think that, you know, you you are normally spot on about like, oh, we don't we don't want, you know, these extras to be uh, you know, no. bringing attention to themselves. Yeah, but, but this is the opposite scenario, yeah. Yeah. These 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 zombies, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about it with with Naomi, and I mean, it's mm. a side effect of um, you know, the featured extras came from central mm-hmm. casting, but the background ones are all um, 
spaced fans from like the spaced fan club oh uh, that they that they had come down and had no experience as as extras and yeah. uh, <laughs> uh didn't know what they were in for at all um love it uh, and and it's i think as a result of that you get a very sort of like you know not maybe not culturally eclectic but an eclectic looking group yes. of people <laughs> you know like they 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 don't all sort of um blend together into like a a, a you know like kind of a unnoticeable mass they they all have very distinct sort of like mm-hmm. looks to them. Yeah. Um, what would you say this is? Is this like a hundred, 150 people, something in that range or? Uh, yeah, I, I think it might be cheated. It's probably easiest at the end of um, uh, tomorrow's minute to get a good look at the size of the crowd. Cause usually you'll, you'll try to cheat it a bit. So like if there's, right. you know, maybe for four rows deep and the frame can only hold like six ish people, We'll save everybody who's not seen there for like the next chunk, or you'll rotate people to the back. I, I've even done like scenes where um, we were doing a like a stadium of like people cheering at an event for like I don't know some some kids doing basketball or whatever, and that we would literally lock down the camera and shoot a section of the um, auditorium with us in it, and then pause, and then we'd all move seats to another area, and they'd just blend the shots together and post so that if you if you watch, you can see the same person repeated like every four rows or something. But like, um, it's usually, I, I'd say 50 or less, because it gets, starts to get really expensive once you have um, a oh. huge gaggle of extras on there. Okay. I don't think this is at least 100 people, but um, I... I I don't know. I'm trying, like, scrolling through the the footage, trying to look. Um, yeah, I, w- I would say it's like clever use of like fifty to a hundred, and then uh, stacking people multiple lengths deep to try to like make it seem like there's even more people there. But yeah, that's a that's a bear of a day. That's what you call like a a cattle call day. Because um, this is not to like disparage extras, because I mean, obviously, I've I work as an extra all the time and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tricky gig. It's just like everybody's job gets harder when you have more extras on set because mm-hmm. like a handful of people is individual instructions, whatever. Uh, once you get 20 or 30 people, somebody's roaming around looking to plug in their phone and they might, you know, unplug a stinger or something or uh, people start vanishing and then you can't find them because they needed to go to the bathroom, but they were too embarrassed to ask for it. That like silly aspects of human nature get magnified the more people you have there on the day plus you have to feed more people plus you have to have somebody keeping track plus you have to have somewhere to put them like a regular scene you can always like put the director chairs in a corner somewhere and like hey that's holding for the actors it's fine but when you have to physically have a place for a hundred people to stay in between takes when you go into like move your equipment around and do the turnaround or something like that it becomes a logistical problem because you can't just say the guys were shooting for 14 hours like go stand over there every single person has to have at least a chair and an area to sit in and protection from sunlight so it's usually like you have to build up a tent area that's extras holding or um, the location you're in maybe there's another room you're not using that you can sit people in but you have to have chairs and you have to have food it's just like it gets exponentially more complicated on the day so like and i imagine too like (laughs) just general tensions get higher because they're expensive 
and Uh uh keeping them around is expensive. And so like every mistake you make, it's not paying one or two people a little bit extra. It's paying like 50 people a little bit extra. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like if on a day like this, they like ran late and um, went past grace period, like cutting for lunch and they had to go to lunch late, like everybody would get a meal penalty. And so that's like, you know, $20 for per person or whatever, but uh, over a hundred people or something like that, you end up with like, oh, this cost an extra $2,000 because we were five minutes late today. Yeah. Like that, like our budget just went up that much. Um, yeah. So that's it's like, bananas. I think that's why there's like this like extra tension around like crew and extras or background actors as uh, the official um, verbiage is that like, it, you don't want it to be antagonistic and it can easily feel that way because of the, um, uh, just the, just the, the factors, uh, that are, that are at work there. So what I, what I like is there are a lot of sets where, um, it usually all fall, it trickles down from, um, the director and the main crew, um, not just in terms of like people's attitude for the day, but their attitude towards, um, uh, the people that are working there on the day. So I like, it, it's nice when you see a set where people go out of their way to make sure that the top people like the, um, the director and like the top three people on the call sheet go say hi to the extras and talk to them. And like, you know, we appreciate you guys coming out. We know it's a hard job because everybody on set sees that. And it sort of recalibrates your brain that like, if you just leave it at um, a base level, the like um, the status quo is to become resentful of the extras. So like to make sure everybody has a good work day, you have to like uh, show or demonstrate like, oh, hey, thank you guys for coming out. We know this is hard. And then they're like, oh, yeah, this is difficult for everybody. You're not just a problem I have to deal with today because I'm running the set. You're human beings, right? Like, just <laughs> reframe that in everybody's mind. And some shows are really good at that. Like, um, uh, Jane the Virgin is uh, super great. And uh, um, uh, Scandal, like, Carrie Washington will always come out and, like, say hi to the extras and say, like, you know, oh. we know it's yeah. stuff like that. Just, like, the the general attitude on set just gets brought up. Throw bags of chips at him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> T-shirt cannon. Um. <laughs> no. <laughs> and uh, to spice it up a little bit. Drive-by, <laughs> just like a drive-by T-shirt cannon, like she's on a golf cart. <laughs> um. <laughs> Poor Mod Blanchers. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, I, 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 I just thought, um, it'd be interesting to sort of, uh, talk a little bit about, about, uh, extras work and what this is like for these people. Cause, um, I imagine a long day with like goop all over your face just can't be, can't be fun. Can't be fun. Yeah. But there Mm -hmm. is still, I mean, I think it depends how long the people have been working as extras. Like if, if it's a person who's like a career background actor, um, I think they could get pretty jaded or like frustrated over the day but there is an an aspect of is and i I think this is probably especially true with all of the filler people who were like spaced fans any day on a set is exciting on like a base level when you're new to it so Mm -hmm. um i found that like people that just started working on set (laughs) as extras are often like way more agreeable approachable like they um i don't they're like i don't care that it's hot and uncomfortable and they're like look at me i'm on a movie set like isn't this fun and you know it's not the hardest gig in the world like you show up and you you go where people tell you to go and you do what people tell you to do and you you know will get a little bit of money for it plus they feed you so like i 
as long as you have a good attitude about it, I think it can be a lot of fun if it's like, oh, this is a fun thing. Um, but it's it's one of those you get out of it what you put into a thing that like if you f- are f- 100% focused on all the things that are miserable about it, you will A, be miserable and then make all the people around you miserable. But the people who are like, this is really cool. Like, look at this. We're all monsters today. Isn't this fun? Um, mm-hmm, are, right. are the ones that you really appreciate that, like, you try to seek out on the day. So, yeah, I think it was um, all of these days, and they probably tried to keep as few as possible of the big, big zombie mass days um, were probably logistical hell, but mm-hmm. also um, really exciting for these people that were there. And like we said earlier, this is one of the few times that, like, you would get close-ups as an extra and that like you know um the camera would be directed right at you and uh you know i'm sure every one of these people when this movie came out they went with their friends and were like oh look that's me or you know we'll get the facebook comments a a few weeks later like i saw you in shawn of the dead whereas normally it's you know (laughs) i'm that blur in the corner there Eh, i don't know this is um about I, i think probably about as well as one of these days could go if you're already dealing with the difficulty of crazy makeup and hair and uh gore on your face this is probably about as fun as um this could possibly be uh according to the to the commentary apparently um edgar told the story about Mm. uh one particular overzealous uh extra that um in the edit like on the day edgar had no idea that (laughs) it was happening uh but then when he went to edit uh it really this particular overzealous extra, um, you know, he said, like Edgar was just like, "Look, I I know we meant well, and and <laughs> and I know he was he was you know zombieing his heart his little heart out, but yeah, um, but it was obvious that he didn't know what a zombie was or <laughs> why they acted the way that they did." Um, because he was doing things that were were not zombie and were seemingly to like bring attention to himself. Um, mm, yeah, and and as a result, uh, it made the edit of this sequence really difficult. Yeah. Uh, and and the guy is is not in the movie at all. And he's like, yeah, yeah like it 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 sucks because I'm sure he was a nice guy and he was obviously working very hard. Uh, but unfortunately, because he didn't match anyone else, literally anyone else in the crowd, I couldn't use anything where he was in the shot. Uh, and, uh, and, and now he's not in the movie and that's, uh, terrible, but that's so frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that's gotta be partially like a chain of command thing. I'm sure. Cause like if if, you can't bother the director with the minutia of every decision. So that's why like the second AD is usually the person placing extras and talking to them directly, or even like, you know, a couple set, a couple PAs that are like in the corner saying, all right, hold off for a second and then go and then move or whatever. And so like if the director says, well, I just need more movement in here. It's other people's job to delegate who and how is going to move where and in which way. And Mm -hmm. on the day, Edgar's just got to focus on, you know, Sean and Nick and Kate and everybody. And, you know, making sure the the shots are lined up and whatnot. And there's probably somebody down the line who should have caught that that dude was way off of the normal, of the norm. Um, and I, I don't think that's Edgar's fault in any way. I think that's probably uh, 
the second ad who was like pro- somebody should have like noticed after like the second take and been like hey can, why don't we tone it down or like what if you do this instead we just want xyz thing to match and then because what sucks about it is that edgar has to deal with it at the end of the day but he can't control it on the day um i don't know it's 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 sort of a microcosm of the like weird collaboration thing that happens in filmmaking um where I, I think working with background actors and act, background actors and extras is one of the weirder ones because normally on a film set, every department you've chosen because you can delegate to their expertise to a certain degree. That like, I'm not going to make all the decisions, but I specifically hired this person to hire the people under them and know that they're all good at what they're doing when it comes to being a grip or comes to being an electrician or comes to being my DP or my art department or whoever's you know setting props that day. But you don't have any control over the expertise of the extras. They're a weird wild card. And uh, you can't be 100% sure that they're skilled at acting or skilled at being anything other than the way they look. You can pick Mm -hmm. them by the way they look and that's about it. So there's this, I don't know, it's like a scary energy of I don't have total control of this. And I think that's why it's stressful. Yeah, Because it's like, it's sort of like if props had free will <laughs> i mean <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. k- kind of to to a certain i mean it's kind of a terrible way of putting it but that's sort of an extra's role in a in a in a anything definitely it, yeah is yeah. that like you're filling in the background so it doesn't look like we live in a ghost town um <laughs> yeah and uh yeah so but like if yeah if a prop just decided like oh i'm gonna do my own thing here that has nothing to do a, a thing i think about a lot is like on community there was like a big like a wide shot of the campus at one point and like two extras thought it would be super funny if they thought they would like pantomime that one of them just got like a blowjob in a stall and so like the girl leaves and then the second guy the guy steps out and then he like zips his his um fly up on the way out and it's like that's a funny goof to do on the day but it's not at all in line with the direction of that scene or the the type of humor of the show or anything that like the showrunner would have wanted to do and it's there's this rogue decision making element there that is um i don't know it's weird i i think the best i do think being an extra is a type of acting um it it has to be because you're trying to be a person in a environment um i think the best thing for any sort of gig that you have on set is to just remember where your place in the story is and Mm -hmm. if you are whether that's you're a guest star coming in for you know like one arc on a television show or you're like a co-star who has two lines of dialogue your job is to support the story not to own the story or start to retell it in a different way and if you're a person that the director hasn't spoken to directly you should not have some like agency in changing the storytelling so like right. the best way you can do your job and to like want people to work with you again if you're being a background actor is to be as like inconspicuous as possible um you know blending into the environment not drawing attention to yourself unless of course you're supposed to be like a scary monster then just listen and do the type of scary monster stuff they want you to do but don't try to like this isn't your you know shot at fame what's fun about it is being a part of the larger thing not stealing the spotlight um you have to you have to be part of the machine as a whole not uh i don't know try to throw a wrench in it i don't know 
Wax, yeah. waxing. Well, I mean that that requires. <laughs> I, I mean the 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 thing with that, right, is that it uh-huh. requires the ability to be humble, which yes. <laughs> for for many actors is not a thing. Yes, um, exactly. <laughs> uh, and and so, but but then that's the thing, right? Is like as you as you get deeper into the industry, you start to realize that like the majority of the actors who have like quote unquote made it and have an actual working career are uh-huh. all like the humblest people. Hundred percent. Yeah. Cause... And that's why. <laughs> that's yeah. why they've succeeded. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. people want to work with them. Yeah. Right. That's it. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so. Anyway, what a what a what a business. <laughs> what, a, what a business. Show uh, business. <laughs> but uh, a couple of things uh, that I do want to talk about uh, with the minute itself. Uh-huh. Um, I I love that Sean's the culmination of Sean's plan is to get on all fours and and talk to to John and Bernie through the <laughs> mail slot. <Yeah. laughs> He's like, he's always been talking about this whole movie is we have to get to the Winchester. We have to get to the Winchester. We're going to get to the Winchester and we'll be safe. And then they finally get to the Winchester and they're just like, John, Bernie, open the door. (laughs) We go to the pub quiz. Like this all falls apart if you don't open the door. (laughs) For the love of God, don't make me look like a fool. (laughs) Please. I finally have respect. (laughs) It's so great. Yeah. And like uh, David's little... uh, (laughs) <laughs> as if sean doesn't know that it's not quite working david's just like uh come on mm-hmm. I, I don't know maybe this is just like my overall opinion of opinion of dylan moran bleeding into the film but like i think he's one of the funniest humans alive um uh-huh. and he's doing like very little subtle things in this but they always make me laugh like it's not a it's not a flashy role in any way it's not an elaborate one but just him sitting there and being like, uh, <laughs> this isn't really going the way it should be. It just cracks me up. It's a really great beat um, in the scene. And the phone, obviously, is great. <laughs> yeah, the the phone is... I, I, just, I just love that someone is calling Ed to be like, oh, man, crazy zombies, right? So you got any weed? Like... <laughs> hey, you got anything? You got anything? <laughs> no, I got nothing. Yeah. Um, nothing. 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 <laughs> it's so good. I just like this movie, oh, you guys. Such a loud cell phone ring, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it I always seems louder when versions. it's. Yeah. It always seems louder when it's like not. You know, like a movie theater phone going off is like the loudest thing in the world. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's true. And they they cut out all the music there too, like just at the right moment. It's. Yeah, basic stuff, but it works so well. Just the stupid sound of that stupid cell phone, yeah, piercing, piercing through. It's so funny. Uh, and then, and then Sean, uh, Sean just slapping out of his hand, <laughs> <laughs> and really like laying into Ed like a father to a son, kind of like like the way <laughs> oh, yeah. that I, I, you know, you would imagine uh, Phil would lay into Sean. Yes. Oh, totally, totally. I know. I'm spending my entire life like the fingers in the face. It's almost, almost Harrison Fordish in its, uh, like. Oh yeah, yeah. And then the way down. and the way Ed is just pouting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's probably almost more like Ed's reaction than Sean's like actual delivery that makes mm-hmm. that dynamic clear. Like, it's look just at me. Such... Look at me. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. And and the fact that Ed is totally cool with it. 
He's just like two yeah. seconds. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. He he doesn't even see why it would be a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, yeah. It, and it's and it, but it's funny because it sort of goes to you know we talked a little bit about how this is Ed's version of professionalism. Um, which is he's a drug dealer. So when his drug dealer phone rings, he has to answer it. Um, it's his business. And, and, uh, we talked a bit about that when he did this, when he was playing the video game. But as Mm. we, as we've seen over the course of this movie, Ed doesn't really take any of this super seriously. Like he's kind of enjoying himself in the zombie apocalypse. (laughs) And he sort of treats it as we talked about, like a video game. So of course, he gets a phone call and he's like, oh, can we pause for a second? I got to take this. And it's like, yes, no, you're not playing a video game, man. You can't <laughs> pause. Well, he's he's disassociating kind of in right. the same way that Barbara is. A little right. bit. Yeah. 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 It's it, the behavior. It's extra funny because it's it's totally understandable from a character standpoint, but it's totally opposite to like a, a general audience member's behavior in that moment. Like most people, a cell phone goes off. And you're freaked out, terrified, very rightly so, that it's going to give you all away and you're going to die. Um, but it's it's funny because it's so appropriate for him to... Two seconds. Like, that is... <laughs> it's the catching the, the, the dissonance between, like, what I think is going to happen and then realizing the thing that happened was different, that's funny, but it's appropriate. And that's why it feel it doesn't break the reality. It feels um, real. It feels like two friends like having a, a fight that's been coming for a long time. Yeah, yeah. It's not slipping into like scary movie spoof territory. Like it's mm-hmm. it's funny that this is patently not the bi- the thing they should be doing at this moment, but it doesn't break the reality of their relationships or the scenario or the um where they've like come to emotionally at that moment. Like it all fits. It's just Jesus Christ, guys, not now. Not now. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's uh I think that about wraps us up here. Uh, so we'll be back tomorrow. In the meantime, uh, you know, go check out our social media, follow us there, all that good stuff. And uh, we'll, we'll be back. Uh, in the meantime, let's have a nice cold pint and wait for all of this to blow over.